Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you live from our at-home studio, studio. um, where the weather is the worst (laughs) weather we've experienced for six months. We haven't seen rain in months. Cold and rain, day after day. Thank you, Chicago. I guess it's just continuing. It could be snow. Well, we have seen snow. I actually had to re-winterize the motorhome when we got home. home. Uh, Well, we've been home for uh, a couple of weeks we came home pretty directly from santa fe uh with a very short detail santa fe yes in amarillo in amarillo we stopped and took our own advice and went we actually listened to the podcast you listened to the podcast <laughs> and we went to and there's the this little, great idea we went to the little rv museum which was charming and well worth the stop it was built or created by an rv dealer who fell into a love of rving early in his life um, began by buying a few rvs and renting them out and from what we could see has built um, a flourishing business Very. for himself with his bro- brother and now his son is helping to run the business as well and over the many years that he's been in the rv field he has acquired and fixed up a variety of rvs very interesting to see, right? And we have seen a lot of these RVs on the road. The the first Winnebago, uh, serial number number one. Yeah. And it was very, <laughs> the loving care that they've taken. We've, of course, been to the RV museum in Elkhart, and it is larger, but no better. And while we were there, the owner and his son yes. came in to plan to knock down a wall of the museum and make it even bigger so they could put more RVs inside. And they gave us the famous Texas hospitality you always hear <laughs> about and let us take pictures with them and we were very happy that we stopped. The rigs were beautiful and they were decorated with um, odds and ends and of the time. how long could you spend at the RV museum? Less than an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a major stop, but it's reasonably close to the expressway that goes right by. Two expressways. And of course, right now they're having tornadoes and stuff down there anyway, so you probably don't want to go that way. But if you are traveling that way. But we often struggle with things to do um, in the middle of the country as we come and go because it's nice to break up the drive. Apologies to those of you who live in the middle of the country, but especially when it's not summertime, we can't find much to do, so we keep driving. So it was nice to have this little museum to break it break it up. We keep driving you keep driving <laughs> as far as i can and i listened to the podcast and what else did i learn that ikea has cool little usb lights and i bought some you did so I what did, did what did you do with them i'm using it to light my keyboard it's very cool actually they had ones that i didn't even know they had they have ones that plug in uh, to your usb and are kind of uh, goosenecked and you can aim them, aim them around but then they have another one that'll that actually i'm using on my desktop to light up the keyboard more dramatically very cool and of course i've installed hit lights all over yes you have <laughs> 
There will be no, I go against no dark corners anywhere in my life. That's for sure. But if you happen to have an Ikea near you, you can spend just a few bucks. I was misinformed about the price. I thought they were a buck or something, but they were like three ninety five. Oh, can you afford bit. it? And, of course, what else do we do at Ikea? Mm-mm. We, we had 10 meat, meatballs. Meatballs. Swedish meatballs. Well, we're sorry if this podcast is just a bit late this month. We've had kind of a crisis here at the end of the month. Well, we had a death in the family. Yeah. Every time we've been away from home, we've always worried about my mom, and I guess we won't have to worry about her anymore. So that happened very close. We've had family here, and things have been quite chaotic for a few days, and we are just getting around to doing the podcast here on the very last day of the month, and I may not get it mounted quite on time, but I'm sure that you'll understand. And while we're apologizing for that, we will pre-apologize, <laughs> pre-apologize. for next month <laughs> because what we are mean? going to Japan for about a month. At best, we will get something up at about the right time, but it's quite likely we won't be thinking about our RVing very much while we're in Japan. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. I'm going to be doing major RV research while we're on the road. <laughs> I'm going to have tons of time while we're cruising to be able to... No. <laughs> You're going to be on a cruise ship. How much internet time are you going to have? Tons. I'm going to be able to do reading and get all get caught up on all the things all that right. I didn't get done all winter because right. the weather was too nice. Then the listeners look forward <laughs> to the podcast from Japan. Never mind. Well, uh, maybe we should go to the Chinese uh, version of an RV show that I'm going to talk about. Well, we're going to be in Japan, not China. It isn't close by? Not very. <laughs> Okay. Japan is going to take up a little bit of time next month and uh, into June. So I noticed that our Jeep was had some kind of bouncing tires, and so I had the tires balanced. And that was a, a, a nice experience because they, they used this new electronic balancer that balances the rims and the tires. Um, but they still put those little weights on? Yeah, but they use stick-on weights now. Uh-huh. Anyway... Uh, one of the things, this Jeep was new to us, and we now have about 20,000 miles on it. And I always wondered... Driving miles. Driving miles, right. And I always wondered how the driving miles were different in tire wear as opposed to towing miles. And now you found out, not much. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said to me, do you really want to balance these? Because you only have about 15% of the tread left. And I said, 15%? It's only got 20,000 miles on it. He says, well, that's what it said. You know, he looked at the the gauge on the that's built into the tires. Don't you put in a dime with Lincoln's head on it? And I think it's Lincoln a was sticking out all the well, way? You know, the tire guy had a little bit better gauge than that. <laughs> Didn't use a penny. <laughs> well, I could have told you that. With well, you didn't though. Here, so we've towed it at least another twenty thousand miles, and some hard miles in Alaska too. I would think. Well, miles a mile. Yeah, but I guess this is the first time I've had new tires and, and been able to measure we've from towed, the get-go. We've towed the, uh, whole the vehicle the whole time it's been owned. So uh, I'm going to have to replace the tires on the Jeep. Bummer before we go on another major trip, which is very interesting. So if you're towing, total miles is what counts on tire wear. I would expect 50,000 miles. It's got 40,000 miles on it, so another 10,000 miles unless tires Whether they're driven miles or towed miles, they all add up pretty much the same. Uh, Yeah, which is a little bit of a surprise to me. I wanted to ask you another question on our drive home. Um, Uh Uh-oh. 
Our poor listeners have listened to at least two rants and raves that I can remember (laughs) about tire pressure monitors. Oh, yes. And you had a speculative bit of advice, I think as we were driving out to Arizona for the winter, that they were affected by wireless thermometers, which we have all over the motorhome. Yes. And so you took them away and replaced them, and was that the solution to your problem? Well, I think that tire pressure monitors are affected by temperature and by the frequency of the transmitters in the vicinity. So, surprisingly enough, on the way home, they were pretty reliable most of the time. Because we were driving in moderate temperatures. Moderate temperatures. On the way out, I didn't notice much difference, as I think I pointed out in an earlier podcast. But... On the way home, they seem to work pretty well. I would lose the uh, pressure sensor, a sensor or two, maybe once a day or twice a day. Did it matter how far? I mean, were they worse in the car tires than in the motorhome tires? No, the car tires seemed to work pretty good. It was usually the inside of the dually on the mm. of the tandem mm-hmm. on the motorhome. So, so no more rants and raves about tire pressure monitors? I'm done with tire pressure monitors. Yay! I'm going <laughs> to... I try to inform our listeners exactly what's going on so that they can make their own judgments. Well, I wanted them to hear the happy end to the story. This is happy that it drops the sensors once no, a day? No, that they work pretty well on the way home. <laughs> and that taking away the wireless thermometers helped make them work better. Well, maybe. I'm not totally sold on that idea. He's but okay. equivocating. <laughs> Have you watched, we're going to have to watch this when we're in Japan, but have you watched that so many tourists use iPads for photos? Yes, and it's amazing I don't to me. I can't know why. This. It seems so awkward to hold this big thing out with your arms and take pictures with it, and people were getting in each other's way with their big iPads in front of each other. Yes. But I think the pictures that it actually takes are well, pretty good. And I think for people, <laughs> if you're used to using an LCD screen, a nice big LCD screen is even better. Yeah, I suppose you could see the picture better than I can sometimes with my camera Yeah, before you yeah. take it. So, but people walking around, I think the iPad mini is probably a little bit better choice, but the the big iPad, I, I just can't believe how many people we see. We saw That's that a their lot. camera. Yeah. But one of the cool things about it is that the iPad has some great photo apps to go with. And one of the apps that we have found that's a lot of fun is called Photofunia. Now, this app does things that I would find extremely difficult to do, even with Photoshop, because it takes your pictures and puts them in new locations. I don't know how to explain that. So I could take a picture of you and choosing one of the templates from that, you would look like your picture was um, on Times Square and Broadway. Or that somebody was painting you. Or that somebody was doing a watercolor. A chalk drawing on a sidewalk of your picture. So they have a lot of little choices that let you choose how your picture will be displayed. And many of them are very clever. So this app is free, and you might want to take a look at it because it is for it's, it's well, posting pictures on the web. It's very it's well, well named. Photofunia. Yeah. P-H-O-T-O-F-U-N-I-A. And you can get it in the App Store. And I assume that it's also available for Android? I don't know. By the way, I replaced my old netbook. And why, you say? Because one of our listeners put you onto a really good deal. Indeed. And that good deal was that if you have an old uh, XP laptop that still worked, you could take it over to Best Buy, trade it in for 100 bucks, and they would give you 
uh, that hundred bucks off of any new laptop that you wanted to get, or even a Mac. But I wanted a replacement. I wanted to try out Windows 8. He's been weeping and gnashing his teeth ever since. <laughs> so I went over to Best Buy, and I took my working NT uh, XP laptop, and they tested it, and it was working. And I said, "Well, what you know? What are the ram- or what are the parameters that I have to use in selecting my new laptop?" And they said, "Well, you can just select any any one you want." So I got the very cheapest Windows 8 laptop that I could get, and it was only two hundred fifty dollars. So I got a brand-new laptop computer with 4 gigabytes of RAM, 500-gigabyte hard drive, a decent processor, dual-core processor, for 150 bucks. But is this deal still available, or are we telling people and making them feel bad? Go to your Best Buy and ask them. Because <laughs> it wasn't advertised. It wasn't advertised, anymore. right. And it was uh, thanks to a listener who put me onto this. So I now can monitor my engine with a brand-new Windows laptop, which, of course, I can't get the software installed on. So that'll be an interesting project once the motorhome is back in, in use, which won't be until sometime after June. When we're but back from Japan. if you have tips about how to use Windows 8, please let me know. I hate having to go through three clicks just to shut the stupid thing down. Maybe you're being incompetent. That's why I'm asking for help from our listeners. <laughs> please help him. I need a tutorial. And, of course, this has a touch screen, and it seems that some things work better with touch and some things work better with the mouse, with the t- trackpad. So who knows how to use Windows 8? It's very different than anything I've used. It's Well, I like the touching of the iPad, and I like the trackpad on my, on my Macs, but this is using both, I guess. I don't know. Help. We need to find a Windows <laughs> user at a campground near us. <laughs> Yes, if you're camped near us and you're a Windows user, please save us. All right, uh, other topics that we wanted. Are we becoming RV casino camping junkies? We certainly have been lately because (laughs) the price was right. Except except for the one in St. Louis, East St. Louis. East St. Louis, 50 bucks to camp in a casino campground. But it was a very nice campground. But on the way home, we stayed at four or five campgrounds. It's been amazing how many campgrounds that, that casinos... Well, or parking lots that they let you use or that they allow camping. I think They run the range from full-service campgrounds to a parking lot where you feel safe to be there. Right. And, they, you know, with the security and stuff, I think we've kind of enjoyed that. And we've also stayed in some Walmarts now. So the trip home was an adventure in bargains. But uh, 50 bucks. But it's hard to camp in St. Louis. There just are no... And this was within viewing of the arch so that it was quite scenic if you were staying there to tour. And if we didn't lo- live <laughs> in the bitter cold north and go home in April, uh, we would have more choices of places to camp. But choices were limited, and the night before we go home, we need to have um, a sewer emptying ceremony, and that was uh, the best place to do that. We needed a final whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is important. It is. Especially if you're going to have to winterize your motorhome when you get home Our because it's snowing. would not appreciate having it on whoosh down the sewer. Well, we had a good time, and we can hardly recommend this. And we use uh, casinocamper.com. 
com as a primary site for finding and finding out about and finding whether casinos are friendly. And we should add that we never ever gamble at all, and yes. and that we still think it's we worth going there. We did have some good there. buffets. Casinos always seem to have a nice buffets, and of course the closest campground to. Our location here in the Chicago area is a casino, mm-hmm. and we've had several friends stay there uh, overnight because that's and, the and, closest campground to us. And it's a better price than and our Walmart store. And fully Walmart. configured. We should read a little note from our friend Alan. Down under. Down under. I'm writing you to let you know about an iOS app that might be of interest to you and your listeners. I have had an app called Wiki Camps Australia for a couple of years now. It's a camping app that lists camping-related POIs that are added and updated by users, hence the wiki name. The more popular it is, the better information to the point where I think it is now far better and more useful than the more commercial offerings. I have contributed by updating information on rest stops, adding RV parks, and adding photos. Why is this of interest to you? Well, I noticed that they released Wikicamps USA last week. I'm not sure what the content is like right now, but I'm sure, given exposure and time, that it will grow as an Australia as the Australian version has. We used Wikicamps in New Zealand when we were there last December. It could have been better, but I don't think it was widely used there yet either. So it was just available in 2012. The locals that I talked to hadn't heard about it, and I think the majority of RVers in New Zealand are tourists and unlikely to update the content. I'm looking forward to reading about the trip to Japan. Good. We are looking forward to it also. And, of course, I have gone on to the iTunes store and... Lo and behold, there's Wikicamps USA. Released April 16th. So it doesn't have a lot of content, but uh, we have downloaded it and put it into our... Repertoire. Repertoire. Of course, we like RV Park Reviews, and I'm not sure, Al, that there is an RV Park Reviews for Australia, but its idea is very similar. It's but it's, all most, user. it's mostly campgrounds. He talked about rest well, he's stops. He's got all sorts of, yes, all sorts of POIs, so there's yeah. all sorts of yeah. things to do. So this could be something else to look at, and we always like listener input about great new apps that they have found. So yeah, something out. that's not advertised and where of course, people don't have an axe to grind. You can either go to the web store, uh, the iTunes store, or you can go to our website at rvnavigator.com in order to find the link to the app. Someone I know and love is going to have a birthday very soon. What? And if I had known about it sooner, I might have gone on the RV Lifestyle Pinterest page to look for some RV suitable birthday presents for you. Because there's a nice collection there. It is my month, huh? Of all kinds of RV gizmos and gadgets and things that people have found useful or helpful. A nice sharing place. And, so, and you told me there are other well, besides well, well, the Pinterest RV Pinterest is kind of an interesting concept because it's a place for people to share uh, ideas about various topics. And you pin ideas on a page uh, that somebody has created. So there are a number of RV-oriented pages and tips and tricks. And I have uh, included a link to one of them on our website that's called... The RV lifestyle, and it has such fascinating things as a folding eight-gallon bucket. That would be a great birthday gift. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I get myself into this one? Uh, Stop RV toilet bowl your RV toilet bowl from leaking. We that would also be a great birthday gift. There's nothing worse than a leaking the, toilet the bowl. Giving on your, your husband the tools in order to fix his <laughs> toilet. Oh, good. 
gee, am I going to be really excited? Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> anyway, if you found some other good Pinterest websites, Pinterest pages, let us know because we always like to uh, include cool tips and ideas from our listeners. Organize your junk drawer with Android tint. Not Android. Altoid. <laughs> Android. <laughs> Android. <laughs> How's the Google page doing? I am shocked and amazed and delighted that nearly every time I open my email, <laughs> there's another person who wants to join the Google group. And now I get to know the names of some of you who are listening to us every month. Very cool. They don't need printed books anymore. We once sold hundreds of thick trailer RV life books each year, now called the Good Sam Directory. I'll bet we couldn't sell more than 60 or 70 a year now. Ditto with most of our other titles. But that's okay. As you know, these days we publish a newsletter almost every day, and the advertising in those and on our websites has replaced the lost lost revenue from the bookstore. This is the RV Travel website. Yeah, I was going to say, who, who's saying the we? Have we stopped using our our book? No. <laughs> so we are still one of the 60 or 70 who buys one a year. That's because I'm old. And okay. occasionally technology fails you for one reason or another, and it's nice to have a backup. Okay. So continue to buy your your paper copy, but it's not going to be around for very long. No, not many, no. Not many are being sold. And as fat as it is, it's not nearly as inclusive as what we can find on the web. I must admit. An inventor targets the RV battery market. Good. This we need cool. some targeting. We just replaced our batteries, as we told you a few months ago. And I looked at lithium-ion batteries. And, and after and reading then Ron he stopped Jones' looking website. At them. <laughs> yes, and why was that? Ka-ting, ka-ting. ka-ting, ka-ting. <laughs> And this is an interesting new uh, development because a team of MBA students who just happened to include members of uh, a Ph.D. program, they decided that the RV market was ripe for lithium-ion batteries. Lithium-ion batteries are lighter. They have much more capacity. You can discharge them many more times and deeper than you can with the lead-acid batteries. And then people can have their at-home refrigerators... In-house refrigerators, <laughs> your house ref- with less well, issues. Yes, and you don't need as you won't need those heavy old batteries because the batteries will be light lithium-ion batteries. So I can bring more shoes where we used to put all the batteries. Yay! <laughs> no, because you won't be able to afford any more shoes because the batteries are so expensive. <laughs> so these people are going to make them less. Expensive. So well, this is nice though. They're they're actually targeting the RV market, and according to their their website, and they actually are selling batteries. So that means that that they are probably in production. When they are f- fully ramped up for production, they anticipate that the batteries will drop by about seventy five percent in price. And as Ron showed us, thousand bucks a pop, four thousand wow. bucks for batteries. Wow. That adds up in a hurry. So that if you can drop that down to a much more reasonable thousand dollars for a set of batteries, that would be something that people could actually contemplate. Would be practical for more people to do. So, but the bottom line is, nice to see competition. Nice to see somebody focusing on the RV market for their batteries. Paying attention and to us. Trying to bring the cost of this down. Are you summarizing your RV? Well, if you were I winterized it. leaving your RV in Arizona, you might want to do that. Even here, it gets hot. Well, not like Arizona. So 
But what does that mean? Well, that means that you put uh, something in to control the humidity and that you take, you make sure that the sun doesn't bleach out all of the furniture. It's time to summarize your RV. Or well, some people may be winterizing. Well, we just stayed. A lot of people left their RVs in Tucson and uh-huh. Phoenix and went home. And they would need to get their RVs prepared to sit in the sunshine in Arizona. Right. Well, of course, one thing you have to think about are your tires. Well, we cover them and keep well, them yeah, out of the sunshine whenever we're... Yeah, we have nice covers for ours. And stationary so for more than yeah, a day Yeah, because that'll cause the tires to disintegrate readily. And we and already have to buy Jeep tires, <laughs> and we don't want to buy motorhome tires on top of it. And all the fabric needs to be covered. But, you know, I do leave a crack in the window so that uh, you do get a little bit of air circulation making sure that the window has a nice screen on it so that you don't get wasps inside your RV that build a nest. And you don't want to leave any food in there that would attract ants or mice. or Right, and you just don't want any bugs in there and, at all. And clean your fridge. It's a good opportunity to clean your fridge. Some people say that the heat inside of your RV can actually blister some plastic glasses and things, so wow. maybe take some of that stuff out. That's summarizing, but now we need to dewinterize to get ready for the big summer season because most people in North America are RVing in the summer. So I've put up a couple of links that will help you dewinterize, take all that antifreeze out and get it ready because I'm going to have to do that again for us before we leave again because I had to do it, winterize it again. So this year has been two winterizings and two, one summarizing and one... I'm out of control. <laughs> Who knows what we're doing? Or what season it is. What season it is. We just never quite know. We've had some people ask about delivering RVs for a business, and I've read several articles recently that they're finding it very hard to find drivers to deliver RVs to dealers from the factories. Now, when you do that, can you sleep in the RV overnight? No. Then what do you do? I tried retirement. That lasted six months. Now, this isn't me saying this, of course. Said Oklahoma resident and RVer Cliff Walraven. I reached the point where I'm not challenged. Taking care of the yard is not a challenge. I know how to mow the yard and edge the driveway. I said I've got to do something else. So he decided to go to Classic Transport, Inc., a company in the informal RV capital of the world, Elkhart, that delivers RVs across the United States. Since he and his wife have been RVers for 20 years, the thought of hitting the road for pay as well as fun appealed to them. I thought, as much as I love to drive, this may be for me, he said. After talking it over with his wife, he called Classic and was invited to come to Indiana to check it out. He was apparently impressed with what he saw. So you can read this whole article, but the bottom line is, you need a a CDW license, driver license, license, but that you can drive for pay, but you can't sleep in the RV, you can't eat in the RV. And I assume there's some kind of timeline, like you can't exactly. say, I'll pick it up in May and bring it in in well, September. Well, what would you do if you can't sleep in it? But but you're paid by the mile, and it's, a, it's kind of an interesting lifestyle and We're something that you may want to consider doing. Sort. And they, they're desperate for drivers at the moment, so that's, huh. that's really good news for us and good news for the RV industry mm-hmm. that lots of people are needed. All... Carbon fiber RV, very slick looking 35 foot travel trailer made by GCTRV.com. Um, they have made this. 
carbon fiber RV without any fasteners, without any screws, without any rivets. It looks like a bullet. Right. And it can be towed by a standard size SUV because it weighs half of what a regular RV trailer. Now, the one we saw on the Internet didn't have slides. Yeah. Could you put slides on it? Well, then it would know. get more we'll heavy have to wait and see, but it's very slick it, looking. Then it would get more heavy. And they talk about uh, increasing the gas mileage by over 100% from towing mileage from what it would be with a regular trailer. So that's really good news. You might want to take a look at them if you're looking at a new travel trailer. Trailer. Yeah, because a 35-footer is big, too. And how about this? A, <laughs> a truck camper... With three slide-outs. Three slide-outs. That wow. might make being in that little space a little more comfortable. I don't know. It still seems pretty small, but three slide-outs is, is a lot. And <laughs> it <laughs> what can you put, though, even with three slide-outs? It just doesn't seem feasible. Well, the, the many of the truck camping people I've noticed in campgrounds don't spend very much time in their truck when they're in the RV park because it's not very comfortable to be in. They're sitting on their lawn chairs or sitting at a picnic table, so this guy, maybe it'll be more spacious yeah. to be in inside. But this guy has 65 gallons of water, 51-gallon gray water, 32-gallon black water tank, and a 60-inch deep, 31.94-cubic-foot basement storage compartment. That sounds like I mean, that's a That's huge. And then, then it won't it doesn't be even too, look like it's on a dually. Won't it be too heavy for the tires? <laughs> it sounds huge. I mean, slides generally add a lot of weight yeah, to your yeah, RV. So yeah. that'll, well, who makes this? Somebody go buy it and tell us how it is, yeah. will you please? Who makes it? Host uh-huh. Campers is the name of the company. Okay. So if you're looking for some interesting videos about destinations, uh, we found a website called RVing and Loving It. And this is John Holold. He makes videos about traveling to interesting places in the United States and, and over, overseas too, specifically oriented to RVers. So if you're planning to go to Alaska, you might want to buy his video DVD and see how he traveled to Alaska. And he's got a number of these and this is at rvadventurevideos.com they're very reasonably priced and you can have a pre-trip excursion also uh, Mark Polk, who is RV Education 101, the website, has announced that he has released two new ebooks as part of his RV education. We currently offer 14 ebooks in our library to help educate RVers on how to purchase, use, and maintain RVs, he explained. But based on my experience as an RV educator, there is not a lot of information available for folks prior to purchasing an RV. To help alleviate this problem, I've decided to add two new ebooks covering this information. The two new editions are Introduction to RVs and Owning and Operating an RV. So these are two ebooks for which, newbies which you might want to take a look at. Oh, and finally we get to the to the article about China. Every so often you've been noticing articles about <laughs> RVs being sold in China and a campground here we've or there in China, it, yeah. which we've talked about. And now they're finally getting around to having a whole big rally. It's sponsored by who? Federation I, it, it, of International Camping. Right. It's, 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 it's Europe, well, French or European. 
of some sort, uh-huh. dubbed the Olympics of Camping and Caravanning. The huge 10-day gathering for outdoor and RV enthusiasts is sponsored by the Belgium-based Belgium. Federation of International De Camping. Flemish, uh-huh. This rally will be held at a campsite in Yangking County, which is close to the uh, to part of the Great Wall of China and Longking Gorge. And if you want to stay there and you're coming from far away, as we would be, you can also rent an RV and go to this rally. China. That would be a real hoot. This is at the end of uh, May, so there's still a chance for you to go if you want to hit the RVing circuit. Are we going to an RV rally soon? No. No. Well, we Looking at the Tampa Super Show. That's not soon, But though. you don't want to go to China and go to an RV that rally? That would be rent, very cool. Rent? I would love to do that. I looked at the RV campground book for China. Yeah? It's got 10 sites. Well, they're, they're working on it. Ours says, what, 1,000 pages or yeah, something? Yeah. So They got a late start. They got a late start, that's for sure. All right, the Frugal RV Traveler newsletter. We also found another website called thefrugalrvtravel.com, and you can subscribe to their newsletter. They talk a lot about uh, tips and tricks for boondocking and saving money. And saving money. So we have gone the casino route, and you can go the RV Frugal Traveler newsletter route. And if you don't go the the casino route, you probably will be much less overweight. (laughs) Less calories. All those buffets. Not your RV, but (laughs) you will be less less overweight. And we're going to end this up today with uh, a couple of uh, (laughs) interesting RVs that were custom built by some entrepreneurial type of people. Uh, One guy built his RV for his daughter, and he built it on an old, dirty prison bus for 3,000 pounds. Oh, this, this is British. This is British. Yeah. Right? And it's quite an interesting uh, vehicle, and he did a very nice job of doing that. And another one, which is very futuristic looking. Was built by a father who probably has a few gray hairs and a four-year-old daughter. So he was trying to build this RV with an eye to her future, whether he was in it or not. Right. Pictures on our website as well as links to these interesting-looking RVs. So with that, as late as we are, we'll try to get this RV podcast posted in time to meet the beginning of the month. And if not, our apologies. So if you're in a deck chair near us on your way to Japan in some time during May... Wave! Wave! <laughs> or, will, or will we be in the waves? I hope not. Hope not. No. I want to be looking at the way. So without further ado, we will say we will be looking forward to seeing you at a campground near us in the months in the future. But not May. But not May. Talk to you later. Happy travels.